Welcome to the Life Success Legacy Podcast. We're glad you're here, and we hope you enjoyed this episode. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name is Michael Crawford, and um, yes, you may have noticed I am not the voice of Chris Bay. And that is because today's podcast, if you've been following our podcast series, is on our team, and Chris Bay is the next victim. And so (laughs) he is uh, in the hot seat, as it were, and we're going to go through a little bit about how he got started in infinite banking and tell a little bit of his story and give some insight into, um, you know, how it's working for him and where he sees it going. So Mm. how are you doing, Chris? Doing great. Awesome. Doing great. Love talking about this topic. Yes, you do. You're not used to the position though, right? No, I'd much much rather be asking the questions, but... uh, (laughs) But I think our story will will connect with some people out there. <clears throat> Absolutely. I agree 100%. So uh, let's dive in. Um, I want to start from the beginning. Um, your story is unique in how you got started, and I think it's pertinent for a lot of people because um, we all have different stories on how our money came to be where it is. And mm-hmm. um, learning a little bit about where yours came from and how you took advantage of um, your next steps with the infinite banking concept, I think that people would like to hear about. Yeah. Well, um, when I was, uh, at the time when I was in, introduced to the infinite banking concept, I was um, working as an elementary school principal. And uh, my wife and I had worked um, pretty hard and made a lot of choices and sacrifices to be single income family uh, so that we could invest in our two daughters. And um, so at the time, we actually had been practicing uh, the teachings of Dave Ramsey for actually about seven years. And um, I will tell you, that was a source of um, frustration and a source of uh, conflict in our relationship. And the word you use in your podcast was hope. Mm-hmm. The hope for us was so far down the road using this approach, Dave Ramsey's approach, that our hope was very little. We were not going on vacations. Mm -hmm. We were not going out to eat very often. Um, And it was really frustrating. And I was working my tail off, Mm -hmm. doing the best I knew how to do Mm -hmm. to provide for my family. Right. Um, But we were not doing it very well. I I remember um, Sean reminds me that we, we were negotiating with medical care providers who were providing services for our daughters and for our family because we didn't have the money to pay it. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was tough. Right. And so when you, when you talk about, um, the stress, like what was it the stress that you were experiencing, um, in your financial picture that led you to investigate alternatives? Yeah, in fact, I remember there was a teacher that I was working with, um, and this was would have been back in 2007, the fall of 2007, and, and she had taught for um, over 30 years, and she came in and said, I'm going to retire in the spring, and we we're celebrating her career, and she came back in in the, in the, sorry, that was the fall of 2007, in the spring of 2008, so mm-hmm. think about the world and financially what was going on. She came back in and said, I'm not going to be able to retire. Mm. Yeah. I filed that away in my brain because I thought, are we good? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I filed that away in, our, in my brain because I thought where we all have been told to put our money, mm-hmm. it's not safe. Right. 
And so I'm working my tail off to do all this, and I'm putting it at risk. Who's to say, depending on the timing of the market going up or down, that it's going to be there for me when we need it? So right. I didn't have a solution at that time, but I knew what the world was doing, what all the things I've been told and taught was not working. The the buy term and invest the difference. Sure. You know, that that we hear from we Dave hear. Ramsey all the time and, right. and others. I didn't want to go that route because I had seen it doesn't work. So that was 10 years ago because it's currently late, well, middle fall here right. um, in 2017. Right. And so that was 10 years ago today. Kind of mm-hmm. give us a timeline from that point um, until you officially got introduced to infinite banking and how that took place. Okay, so it probably was a, a little over seven years, probably between seven and eight years ago that I was introduced to it. And it was actually from um, two different conversations with dads, two separate dads that were volunteering in our elementary school where mm-hmm. I was principal. And I had developed trust with them, relationships with them. One was a business owner in town. And I, I asked Dave, I said, <clears throat> Dave, do you mind me asking as a business guy, how do you think about and manage your money? And he said, have you ever heard of the infinite banking concept? Which I had not. Um, and so he said, I'd really recommend you you check it out. Mm-hmm. So um, research, you know, I, I heard that. And I don't even know if I dug into it much at that point. It's probably about two months later that I went to another dad and I asked Doug and I said the same question <laughs> and he came back with the exact same answer. So two different sources. Two sources, same answer. Gotcha. The infinite banking concept. So I said, okay, how do I learn? This is crazy that two of you have told me this and I've never heard of this. What do I do? And he said, well, you need to read this black book, Nelson's book, Becoming Your Own Banker, and you need to get a hold of this guy who lives down in Baldwin. I said, who's that? He said, well, it's Mike Everett. Well, crazy thing is, I actually had known Mike Everett back when I was in college. His niece and I knew each other mm-hmm. uh, in college. And so I had met Mike through Heather. So anyway, um, started, got a hold of the book. Um, in fact, I think Mike gave me the book. And, and, you know, we always charge people for the book so they have a little skin in the game to yeah. read it. Yeah. I don't think I actually paid him the 20 bucks until <laughs> like a year later when I was actually a client of his. <laughs> But that all comes out in the wash anyway, right? Right. So anyway, um, for us, unlike you and and Mike Everett, I'm the slow guy. Right. And we all joke about it here within our team, but I'm the slow guy. And Sean and I, my wife Sean, we researched this thing inside and out. I read the the, the, the blogs, the, the websites, mm-hmm. the pros, the cons, Kiplinger's, Forbes. I read everything about this thing. Gotcha. And Mike was coming to our house and, and teaching us the concept about once every month or so. This took place over a nine-month period. And it was actually Sean at one point, my wife grabbed my arm. She said, this just makes sense. Yeah. And so at that point is when we made the decision to go ahead and start our first policies. Okay. So um, to recap there, you kind of had a little brain Something stuck in your brain in 2007 when the financial crash kind of occurred. Yep. A couple of years later, two individuals who you both you trusted both of them on separate conversations told you about infinite banking concept. So it only took you, what, <laughs> four years to make a decision on something? 
I didn't have the solution at the gotcha. beginning. Yeah, though. that's right. That's right. No, but I'll own that. I'll no, own fair that. enough. But so, so two thousand what eleven? Yeah, probably ten eleven yeah, is now. when you got your first policy. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell the listeners? Um, your story on how you capitalized it, because the way you guys capitalized it uh, is actually very mm-hmm. beneficial to um, many of our existing and potential clients. Yeah, well, you know, in our boot camps, we always tell people you've got a pool of money somewhere. Mm-hmm. You may not know it, but you do. Well, I didn't think I had a pool of money. Right. Um, so we had been doing Dave Ramsey, so we didn't have a whole bunch of consumer debt, smaller things, those kinds of things, but we had our mortgage. Right. Well, as we started looking at things, we actually had equity in our home. Mm-hmm. And so what Mike helped us do is put together a plan where we could leverage, and I don't even remember if Mike suggested it or we came up with it. I don't recall. Right. But um, we leveraged a home equity line of credit to get our first uh, policy. We started four policies, one on myself, one mm-hmm. on my wife, and one on each of my daughters. Okay. Uh, And that was really important um, for a couple reasons. One, my wife had previously had thyroid cancer, and she was now cancer-free for 10 years. And so we were for sure starting a policy on her. And we saw the power of you start a policy on somebody when they're healthy because you never know. I mean, she was young. Right. So you start a policy as soon as you have the opportunity to. And we have other team members that will talk about that. Absolutely. Um, so we started four policies. We leveraged the equity in our home mm-hmm. and took out a, a line of credit. And that's how we got our policy started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So you, you used the HELOC or home equity line of credit to capitalize your system. Uh, tell the listeners sort of um, going from a nine-month investigation to... What kind of policies did you guys do? <laughs> well, uh, people who work with us will soon soon find that we have um, no secrets. Right. We will show our policies, our policy loans, cash value. We have no problem with doing that Absolutely. Uh, because we're just full disclosure. So Mike was not suggesting this, by right. the way. Absolutely. We, he was suggesting, I think, maybe like a $20,000 annual premium policy for mm-hmm. us. Well, as I learned through my investigation, that premiums are deposits into a system that I own and control. Right. And so do I want my deposits to be large or small? Right. Secondly, I know because of the power of compounding interest, the sooner I start and the bigger I start, the better. Right. So Sean and I actually leveraged the equity in our home and we started cumulative premiums for our four policies of $50,000 a year in life insurance premiums. Wow. Which people hear that and they just freak out. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think anybody would have a reason for pause when they don't understand the end game or if they're thinking short term, right? Mm -hmm. Which is one of Nelson's principles. And so you only really had your mortgage to eliminate at that point. Yeah, because part of that was we were, I was still working for the school district. Oh, right. So I had Kansas Public Retirement, we call it CAPERS. Right. I had 403Bs through the school district, but I couldn't access any of that because I worked for them. Exactly. Which, so it was locked up tight. It was locked up tight. Man, that fired me up, yeah. which, which spurred <laughs> me even further in my investigation of IBC. Exactly. Because I was thinking, this is supposed to be my money and I can't access it. Right. 
That was really frustrating. So no access to your own money. Mm-hmm. So you use the HELOC. You start huge $50,000 annual premium policies cumulatively. And um, give us a synopsis of where you're at um, along that timeline after you started your policies. Uh, yeah, so it was about um, probably two and a half, three years later. Um, and I'm now, instead of reading educational literature in bed at night, I'm now reading things on infinite banking and Austrian economics. And <laughs> here's, here's the thing that, I mean, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing when your wife mm-hmm. has such confidence in you. Right. And she turns to me in bed and says, you know, you'd be really good at teaching people that. And so that opened up all kinds of possibilities. Yeah. And so we made the decision um, to actually, I resigned from the school district mm-hmm. uh, after three years after we started our policies. And um, and remember having the conversation with Mike Everett in his office, and he thought I was going to warm up, you know, what are you going to do, do this on the side? And we, we did. We burned the ships. We went 100%. <laughs> remember... I was single income after 22 years in the school system, Mm -hmm. completely resigned and left to go 100% commission. Yeah. When I tell people that, (laughs) like, you've got to know that I believe in this concept 100%. Yeah, and I think it shows that um, you you were dedicated to helping other people change their lives the way yours had been changed, right? Yeah, it's incredibly powerful. Uh, my daughters, I've got a freshman in college now, which we're using our policies yep. to strategically um, do her, her tuition and all that. Yeah. Um, I've got another daughter who is a sophomore in high school, and much like you, they're never going to have to borrow money from an institution. It's very refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, we're changing the, the, the trajectory for our families. Yeah. Well, okay, um, I want to wrap this up, but I want to ask you a question that people often ask us, um, and that is, how long did it take you when you first started to get out of debt? Because we're all fighting the wind current, as we say, and if you've listened to our other podcasts, you'll know what that term uh, really means, but it means basically the debt in our lives and the things that are working against us in our life uh, financially. How long did you and Sean... Mm-hmm. Have your policies in place before you yeah. have paid off um, all of your outside debt. Well, you know, we're a little different because we couldn't get access to our pool right. through my 403Bs and capers and things like that. Had we been able to get to that, we probably could have turned our wind current the very first month. Right. But we <laughs> couldn't get access to that. Right. So um, we were leveraging the home equity line of credit. Right. So for us, then... When I resigned from the school district, I did get access to those dollars. Mm-hmm. So then we were able to turn our wind current on our mortgage, the home equity line of credit, all of that, 26 months. Yeah. So we could have been debt-free of outside debt month one, um, which sounds crazy to people. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to say this. When we <clears throat> did access our 403B and our capers, we got all of it. So we went after all of it. So there was huge taxes, huge penalties. But I want to tell you that we recouped, by turning our wind current and using IBC, we recouped all of those taxes and all of those penalties in eight months. Wow. Eight months. Yeah. Not even a year for you to recoup all of the debt that was incurred associated with 
the or not the debt, but the taxes and penalties mm-hmm. that were associated with your um, qualified plans. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you very much for um, giving us a piece of your story. Um, you'll hear more of uh, all of our stories in future podcasts as we continue to work through the Life Success Legacy team um, and introduce you to their stories and how you got started or how we all got start started. Um, For those of you who are continual listeners, you'll know that we always suggest, if you haven't read Nelson's book, that we uh, have a copy of it on our website, lifesuccesslegacy.com. And um, keep your ears and eyes peeled for future podcasts. Uh, We look forward to um, our, our next adventure. Thanks, Chris. Absolutely. Thanks.